Good evening. A little bit late, but nevertheless, we are here. Uh, as always, Reverend John S. Mason. Again, I'm Reverend G. Lewis Tim. We're here for another episode of For Such a Time as This. Um, last week, we kind of stepped away from um, what we had previously said we were going to talk about. And even though we may put a flyer up or something up on Facebook telling you what way we plan to go, we always allow the Spirit of God room to do what He wants to do. And so with that said, um, there was a change in what we were going to speak on and teach on and talk about. And um, it worked out to where we talking about hell. Um, over this past weekend, so much stuff conspired. Um, there were four mass shootings. There was a shooting where 21 people got shot in Wisconsin, I think it was Milwaukee. Four people got shot in Houston, I think it was, somewhere in Texas. Um, four people were critically wounded in a church in California, and one of them even died. I mean, things are so bad now. Sometimes you don't you don't even feel safe going to church. It's sad to say that, but it's true. Um, there's a lot going on, and tonight we want to continue what we started, Reverend Mason, last weekend. Like we said, we don't know how long we'll be dealing with this particular issue right here because this is a much needed conversation and topic. Uh, back in the days, the old pastors, they used to lay on this right here, this topic of hell. I mean, they were really on it. And so before we get started and before we really get into the meat of the matter. If you'll do what you always do, if you'll lead us in prayer, we'll seek to see what God has to say through what he's already said through his word and what he says through us. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for another day. Yes, sir. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity, Lord, to share your word and we ask you on that. Your Holy Spirit, Lord, gives us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your word, Father, so that when we are heard, that they don't hear us, but they hear you speaking through us, Lord. And Lord, we just pray tonight that your word will not return void, that it will accomplish the very thing that it was set out to do. So right now, Lord, we ask that you open up our spiritual eyes and ears and our spiritual hearts, Father, so that we can feast tonight on your word because we know 
that we need your word in order to grow. We need that spiritual food, Father. So we ask that you feed us to where we get filled, Father. And then it spills over to somebody else. Thank you for it now tonight. Ask that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth, which is your word. And Lord, that we'll be able to help someone by what we say tonight. Thank you for it right now. We believe it's done. We believe and we praise you in advance, Father, Thank because you, we know that you are going to use this word, Father, to help someone who needs it right now. And we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Mason, since <clears throat> we last gathered here, man, so much has happened. So much has conspired. So much has gone on since we last were together. As we were just saying, um, the mass shootings that have taken place. Um, <clears throat> in Buffalo, and it was a hate crime. That's what they're saying. Like 10 people were shot and killed just going to a grocery store. And I was just looking at something about this little eight-year-old girl who was in the grocery store. And thank God, she hid in the freezer while this guy was shooting. There's enough that the church has to deal with, with all that it, it deals with, right. than to add somebody from the outside coming in with a gun and shooting people up. I don't know the full story, I just know there was a shooting at the church. 21 people in, I think it was Milwaukee, Wisconsin, shot over the weekend. Four people, I think it was, in Houston shot. Mm -hmm. And those are just the cases we know of. Right. Right. Whenever I hear of somebody dying, I'm immediately sad for the family. One of the first things that hits me is, did that person have it right with God? It's one of the first things, Mason, that runs through my mind. Did they have their business fixed with God? Right. It's bad when you can't go to the grocery store and not have to fear for your life now. Sure. But my main concern tonight is People are living as if they're going to live forever in the state we're in right now. People are living like this is all there is to it. They got this abbreviation, YOLO. You only live once. That's a lie. You're going to live again. 
People say it's my life. <clears throat> I can do what I want to do with it. Speak tonight, Lord. People say I'm living my best life now. If something is the best, there's nothing better. Right. Nothing to look forward to. Right. Yeah. But and there's even some personal tragedy that I'm dealing with right now that I won't really speak of. I'm, I'm just concerned, Mason, Dr. Mason, that people are taking life for granted as if they're not going to die one day. They, they live like this is all there is to And when the, the truth of the matter is, we all going to die one day. It's true. We're going to leave here. And people, tend, it's like they tend to care but really not care. It's like that, that thought process is cognizant, but it's not of great value to them. Right. It's not of any importance or major importance. But Job 14 and 1 and Hebrews 9 and 27 tell us one common thing. You were born to die. It's true. Job 14 once said, man that is born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. Hebrews 9, 27 said, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, mm -hmm. but after this the judgment. People live, and you say it, you're like, why do they believe in the good of heaven but not the horrors of hell. Why, why do they believe everybody when they die going to rest in heaven, going to walk the golden streets, going to sit out and have a talk with Jesus, but they don't believe nobody going to burn in hell. And tonight, I want people to hear us tonight. I don't know what we're going to say. And you see lately the trouble we have with just these two episodes. <laughs> we were supposed to have been on 30, 40 minutes ago, but right. the devil don't want this out here. No, he don't. He don't. Uh, it seemed to be... Um, That for some reason we, we think everybody is guilty. True. Uh, everybody is, is going to heaven. We we don't really, uh, or we never have to be held accountable for the way we live. And so we we, we live these type of lifestyles basically uh, off of a gamble. 
were basically gambling with our, uh, should I say, eternal lives. Because you're going to live somewhere eternally. Uh, you, you'll never die. Uh, you're always going to live somewhere eternally. It just depends on whether it's in heaven or whether it's in hell. Um, but you're right. We always put everybody that dies in heaven, no matter how bad they were. Uh, it seems that it's, it's hard to do that. And, and I know nobody knows the heart of man except the Spirit of God. He, he's the only one that knows the heart of man. Uh, but this place called hell is, is a place that people really play with. You know, listen at all the times they tell somebody to go to, to, go to hell. Uh, whether they mean that or not, I think if they really knew just how bad this place was, then they wouldn't say that. But because of ignorance, and because of uh, that knowledge that they don't have, just 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 a little bit that that Jesus talked about, uh, which was a lot uh, about hell. Uh, nobody in their right mind would want to go there, or you wouldn't even wish that on nobody else when you tell them to go there, even even if you're upset. Uh, or how mad you are with them. Uh, if that was a place that you sort of knew of, I, I think just, if, if you just experienced just one torment that it talks about, then that would be one subject that you wouldn't wish upon anybody. Gotcha. You wouldn't wish that destination upon them But because we're so, I guess you'd say, illiterate of it, uh, we, we sort of play around with it. And, and, and you said it earlier, when we go back, maybe what, 20 years or more, uh, the old preachers drove that home all the time. Yes. You know, hair, fire, and brimstone. Yes, you know, they and they talked about it all the time. And, and when, they, <clears throat> when they preached about it, they preached about it with a passion. Right. You could see their hearts, man, that they were actually wasn't putting on, but they was concerned about people's souls. And uh, I heard one of the uh, teachers that I listened to, and he, he said, if a preacher gets up to preach, and if tears doesn't come to his eyes sometime about the souls of men and women, then he don't need to be preaching. Because you must have some type of compassion for the lost. Jesus had it. And then if he give us pastors uh, uh, according to his heart, then we should have the same type of compassion for the loss that he does. Something is wrong nowadays with that compassion. We're not concerned about souls as much as we're concerned about breakthroughs. Mm. 
we're not concerned about souls as much as we are you going to another spiritual level and uh, another level of anointing and some type of uh, breakthrough again, you know, and we, we have all these things, these, these miracles and uh, all of these things here and we're looking at how God's got a blessing for us and everything. Well, I often say it, though, the greatest blessing that he can ever give us is eternal life. So if he doesn't give us anything else, you get it. Because with eternal life, look at everything that eternal life brings for us, not only now, but what eternal life brings for us even in the, in, even in the future. So you're already blessed uh, with such great blessings that it doesn't really matter anymore. And so when you look at those preachers, they had this heart of compassion for the lost because they really believe what the Bible says about heaven and hell. And I'm one of the ones who believe it too. And uh, some of them say, well, I don't, want, I don't want to run people away from the church. I don't want to bash them over the head about sin all the time. Uh, <laughs> they already know they're doing wrong, so I don't want to talk about it all the time because if they hear too much, they might leave and may not come back to the church. Well, but didn't the word say it would either draw you or drive? True. That's true. That's exactly what it would do. But just because something is true and you don't believe it, don't make us as preachers not to repeat it. We're going to repeat it whether you like it or not because we've been called to do that. And so I, I, I look at this uh, think about hell, whenever I think about it, 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 it brings tears to my eyes because I often wonder, even right now, who do I know or who have I been affiliated with in some way that has gone on that may be experiencing the horrors of hell right now? <clears throat> I used to have an uncle. And every now and then I'd go by his house. When I was young, I really, I really I didn't know a lot about church, even though I was in church. Mm -hmm. And he'd be talking and he'd make this statement. He'd say, well, I'm going to hell anyway. When I think about that now, that discouraged me. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're saying. True. And like you were saying, people tell other people to go there. Mm -hmm. That's that's heartless. And even in my life, Lord forgive me, I've done it in my hate. Because I allowed myself to get so angry that I allowed the devil to use me to tell people to go where he going to end up at eternity. Right. And you know, we, we think we were saying something when we said stuff like that. That's true. But you just go on the, no. You, you, I don't care what somebody do to them. You don't want to wish that on them. Right. Because in the text we use, there's a fellow that's there. Yeah. 
has a lot of stuff that go on in hell. Again, <clears throat> I know we talked about how some people don't believe it's real, and some people say a good God wouldn't send anybody to hell. You're right. He won't send you to hell. <laughs> but he will allow you to choose to go there yourself. It's true. Choice is powerful. There's a man that we started talking about last week in the text that the Bible says basically he had it going on. He didn't want for nothing. He didn't lack for nothing. True. <clears throat> he just had it going on. Ate what he wanted to, dressed well. I told you I listened to Evan Terry Anderson preach a sermon and the interview from him. Terry, Reverend Anderson talked about that purple dye that was imported <laughs> into where he was. And how, and the Bible talks about how the beggar that we'll bring up again just wanted the crumbs that fell from the table. Right. And the crumbs were a result of bread being used as napkins to wipe and clean the man's hands. True. So there were two people in the in the story. There was two classes of people, two conditions, and two final destinations. And let's let's jump back into this tonight. Yeah, I think one one of the most important things about uh, <clears throat> this this story. And, and, and what people need to understand is that this, uh, of all the uh, things that Jesus talked about, uh, this one here is not a parable. This one here is a true story, according to Jesus. And, and I think that's what we should really pay close attention to and, and it really should hit home for us because if Jesus is saying it, Mm -hmm. <laughs> it must be some truth to it. He can't believe it because he can't lie. Exactly. Here you got the truth. Speaking the truth. Right. Speaking the truth. And so if he's speaking the truth and he is truth, then you know it, it's got to be true. It's true. And the thing is, if you don't believe it's true, there's only one other way to find out if it's true is to go there. But once you get there, you can't leave there. So either you're gonna believe that it's true now, or you're gonna find out. Or you're gonna find out later. It's true later. And so I'm not willing to take that chance myself. That gamble you exactly. I'm not willing to take that gamble there. Uh, Bible says, "What shall profit a man to gain the whole world, but die and lose his soul?" I can't think of nothing that I would rather gamble on or profit from that much to make me die and lose myself. And, 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 I, and I think a, a lot of times when, when you don't understand those words, see, word, words have a, have a way of, of, of bringing things out. When we talk about the illumination of the Holy Spirit, how he causes us to see and understand the truth of what's actually being said. How he illuminates that. It's like walking in a dark room. 
that you've never been into before and it's all dark and you, you're bumping into things and stuff like that. You can't feel your way because you don't know where you're going. You're not familiar with it because you've never been in there before. But all of a sudden, there's a little switch on the wall. When you hit the switch, it brings everything clear now where you can see exactly where you want to go. You know exactly what's there. And you begin to understand what those things are there for. And the Holy Spirit brings that to our minds when he illuminates us the way we can understand the truth. So studying God's word is, is, is very important, especially when we're talking about a subject like this because the words and the terminology that Jesus uses, we always say it like this. Whenever we get together, we're sitting around the table like we're doing now, and we're talking about God's Word. One of the things that we always say, when you read something, don't read that too fast. Slow down. Yeah, slow down. Don't read that too fast because you'll miss something. You might miss something. Yes, sir. Let's, 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 let's dive in. This place called hell. This place of eternal condemnation. Luke 16, starting at verse 19. And we covered this. I'm just going to read up to where we will do some highlights and then jump in where we're going to pick up it. But it said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of souls, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's tables. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his souls. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Let me just go ahead and read all this. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off. And Lazarus, into, in his, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Lord have mercy. Mm. And besides all this, between us and thee and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from this. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father, Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. Story again of two individuals, two different social classes, two different lifestyles, two different wealth statuses, two different symbol statuses, one rich, one poor, 
One well dressed, one it doesn't even talk about how he's dressed. But that 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 one of the the, the culminating comparisons is the two different destinations. Yeah. Two different destinations. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time. It's heaven or it's hell. You're gonna miss one. You ain't gonna miss both. Most people nowadays, again, live like there is no hell. Like I'm automatically going to die and go to heaven. As I told the story of the preacher, that confused me for a few seconds. Everybody going to heaven, but everybody ain't staying. <laughs> That's true. You'll either appear at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. Two different judgments. But the Bible tells us that this fellow, theologian called him diabetes, which is Latin for rich. He could have, he had it going on, well off. And the Bible talks about a beggar who was laid at his gate, and as we found out, that wasn't just a gentle lay, he pretty much just tossed at his gate. And you brought up something early before we came in line that the dogs licking his souls may have been soothing, but it could have been dangerous also. Right. Because dogs eat from every and anywhere. It's true. It's true. They could have all kind of bacteria on them, which would make his condition even worse. Right. The Bible says, and and you just said it. This is not a parable. This is Jesus' words. The Bible says that it came to pass, verse 22, that the beggar died and was carried in the Abraham's bosom. It said the rich man also died. And was buried. And this is the thing that get me. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Preacher by the name of Leo Daniels preached a sermon that a lot of people know, a lot of people have listened to. He titled that sermon, What in Hell Do You Want? And I want to ask somebody that's living like you live in that just think this is just all there is to it, that don't think that hell is real, that think you just can go to heaven, live in any kind of way. First, let me tell you, you're wrong, but I need to ask you, what is it in hell that you want? Who do you know down there that you miss so bad? Mm -hmm. Who you want to see again that you're willing to go spend eternity in hell? What in hell do you want? The Bible says that they both died, and that 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 just that that echoes what we said earlier that we were born to die. Yeah. When you came here, you came from the womb, headed to the tomb. It's just that in between is that infamous dash. What are you doing in your dash? And one of the most important things you can do in your dash is accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and the forgiver of your sins. True. But 
It is apparent that the rich man did not do that. He was not a follower or a believer in Jesus. And it was apparent that the beggar was. And let's just put a little, let's pause parenthetically right here and say, just because you're poor, don't mean you're going to heaven. Now let's play the flip side of that. Just because you're rich, don't mean you're going to hell. It's true. It's whether you own your riches or your riches own you. This man, his riches own him. Because if he owned his riches, things with this story would have been different. Right. He couldn't have had a heart after Christ. How do you walk past somebody and see them laying at your gate? And all they want is the crumbs that's falling from the bread you wiping your hands with, and you won't even give them to them. That's heartless. That's true. That's selfish. True. Everybody that ends up in hell gonna go to hell because they were selfish. They couldn't see past themselves to believe in Christ and ask him to come into their lives and change their lives and lead their lives. You know, Seth was our biggest, our biggest enemy. Uh, one of the hardest things for people to do is to deny self. Uh, we've done a series on that before. Uh, That's one of the problems with us making the ultimate decisions that we need to make in life. You know, we we basically put self first before anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of us struggle with with that. Um, even within the decision making of accepting Christ. Uh, we can't do that because we, even when we, we say, uh, what does the profit of man gain the whole world die and lose his soul? Uh, to most people, their self is more important than materialistic things, more important than uh, other people's best interest. It's basically them. Ourself is our biggest enemy. When you, when you see, and, and, I, and I even look at it before I accepted Christ. Um, I've raised up in the church. Uh, my mom was a minister. Uh, I had an uncle that was a minister. And, you know, just coming up, uh, these people set examples for me, and I knew, I knew the way. Right. But it was just something about getting past uh, myself. And even though I knew and heard preachers all the time preached about uh, hellfire and brimstone, and it shook me to my core, man. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here shaking and, and I'm scared because uh, I didn't want to go to that place. But one of the reasons why I never moved and accepted Christ <laughs> was self, because self kept telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't accept him right now. 
and, and when you think about that's what goes on in people's minds when they're sitting there and a message goes out even if it's a, if it's a hell fire and brimstone message you know, and, and they're looking at exactly what they're what they stand to lose but when they start looking at themselves you know about what they're going to lose then they're, they're not willing to even though they know what's just been said in the message it's hard for them to move past themselves because they're thinking about what they're going to lose. Now ain't it sort of, as we would say, ironic <laughs> that you're looking at what you're going to lose versus what you're going to lose. See, you're looking at, <laughs> you're looking at what you're going to lose where if I accept Christ and this girl that I'm with, yeah, I might have to get rid of her because she's not saved and we've been living together and shacking for a long time and if I'm going to stop doing that, you know, uh, we're going to either have to get married or she's going to have to go. But I love her too much to let her go. Uh, this business that I have, you know, I've been doing some crooked stuff on there and I've been prospering from it pretty good by cheating people or doing some underhanded things. But if I accept Christ, then I'm gonna lose the profit in the business that I've been used to for the last few years. But I'm looking at what I'm gonna use materialistically. I'm looking at what I'm gonna lose in the relationship, but I'm not looking at the scripture that said, what's the profit of man? You know, okay. <laughs> if he gains the whole world, die and lose his soul. So the emphasis is put on soul, which is more valuable than anything else in the world that you can profit from. The emphasis uh, is, is put on the soul, how important the soul is. So we, we look at it as, as, a, as a person looking at themselves. They're looking at, I'm going to lose but I'm really not going to lose or I'm going to lose. <laughs> and the way they look at it, like they're not going to lose at all. That if I lose this, this relationship, if I lose this business and the profit that I'm coming from, it, it's still worth it to hang on to that than to accept Christ and gamble with myself. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, one of my favorite phrases. People deal with what they can see mm -hmm. as opposed to what faith says. I can't see down the road. Right. But I know there's something down the road. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking from a not literally driving and looking down the road. I'm talking about the road of life. Right. Right. And see, they're looking at the right now. Mm -hmm. That's the problem with people. They're too caught up in the right now. This is people like what's tangible, what's visible, what I can touch. Mm -hmm. And there is the problem with people. Remember Thomas when Jesus showed up and Thomas won't there? Thomas said, unless I see him for myself, right. unless I put my hand, my finger in his hand and all of this. And eight days later, an eight representing a new beginning, Jesus showed up and went right to Thomas and said, come here, boy. Touch him. 
See, some people are like Thomas. Some people got to see to believe while we as Christians believe to see. Right. But as you said, those that want to believe to see, it may be too late. It's true. And then you can't turn around. But don't it, when you look at this rich man, doesn't it amaze you that immediately when he wakes up in hell, he sees Abraham, he sees Lazarus, and he said, send him over here to drop some water on my tongue because I'm tormented in this place. That kind of says to me, he knew right. about this place. He said, send him here. Mm -hmm. Which means he knew, he didn't ask to come over there. Right. Wouldn't that have made sense? Mm -hmm. Abraham, finally, can I come where you are? Right. So he had some recollection, some knowledge of hell. Yeah. But the cares, not necessarily the cares of this world, the riches of this world wouldn't let him see what he knew. And that's how people are. They may not necessarily be rich, but the things of this world won't let them see what they know. Right. And that's probably part of the blindness that the Bible talks about, how Satan has blinded the very hearts and minds of men. Uh, you, you look at this rich man. <laughs> And uh, everything that he done when Lazarus was living, okay, mm -hmm. we picked that up at the first beginning of, of the uh, of the story. But he's, it, I mean, watch him now. Here he is when he had every opportunity to treat Lazarus. <laughs> with care and uh, love and generosity and and everything, just compassion for the man. The man's a beggar, you know. The man has all these sores on him, you know. He's he's suffering, you know. He they, got more than that. They, like, and even though the people that brought him every day and, and laid him at the gate, they 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 didn't even have compassion for him because they just threw him at the gate every every morning. So. He's, he's a guy that's 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 probably homeless, I, I would say, uh, living on the streets because he's a beggar, you know. But he he comes to the rich man's because he knows oh the guy's rich, so he can give me, he can at least feed me. Yeah, yeah. And now he could have went to anybody else, but the Bible talks about it, not anybody else. It's talking about this one rich man in particular. So he's coming all the time. Every day, according to the Bible, and laying at his gate just to be fed from the crumbs of a rich man's table. Crumbs. Now, we see the tide turn, and as I said before, now the shoe is on the other foot. There it is, right there. The shoe is on the other foot now, and, and he has the audacity now. Not even, now, see, already he don't forget. How he gonna treat it, Lazarus? While he was living, and Abraham reminds him of that. He already don't forget how he mistreated Lazarus. But who's the very first one he called for to bring a drop of water 
from the tip of his finger, the coolest tongue. You got to be careful how you treat people. Mm. Got the very one you might need to bring you some water. One you gonna might be the very one you done kicked out, mm -hmm. or got rid of, cussed out. Looked down on. Yep, exactly. Lied on. Got to be careful. Talked about. Yes, sir. Mistreated. Yes, misused. Sir. Exactly. Better be careful how you treat people. 